for our teaching today. Excited about teaching with you today from Revelation 3. And we are starting with verse 7. And I'm not going to read all of uh, Revelation 3, but part of it. We talked about it this few weeks ago. And I want to pick up where we left off because there's so much Jesus life on this for us. I think you'll be blessed by it. Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to us. Reveal your word to us. And we praise you for the treasures of truth. The truth sets us free that are in this passage from the book of Revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Then to verse 11, behold, I am coming quickly. Now, we don't really use the word behold a lot. I don't use it in the course of my day. Behold, Brenda, look at this. Or <laughs> We don't. But it's in the Bible quite a bit. And it basically means stop and look at this. Consider it. It's a Greek word, ida. And it means stop, have a look at it. There's some real, real blessing here for you. Jesus said it quite a bit. Behold. And I want to say today, behold what I'm about to say because it's going to be a blessing to you. See it. Jesus said, Behold, I am coming quickly. And the title of the message today is Behold. Look at it. Jesus is coming to get you. We often think in the book of Revelation as Jesus coming to get us at his second coming, and we are so happy about that. But I want to remind us that Jesus is always coming to get us. There's, there's several invasions of Jesus in the Bible. On Christmas morning, first Christmas morning, he came to us. After he died on the cross, he rose from the dead and came back. He, that was him coming to us again from the Father. The parousia, at, at the end of, the, end of days, when he wraps things up, he's going to come again. That's going to be an awesome time. Book of Revelation talks about that quite a bit. But Jesus is also coming very quickly and, and with very strong immediacy to you and to me through the Holy Spirit in the moment. Acts chapter 2 is not a one-time event. It is a continual flow of Jesus coming to you. His attitude is always toward you. His affections are always infinite in their intensity and pleasure towards you. He's coming for us. He's coming to get us. One of my favorite stories about Jesus coming to get us is one that Graham Cook uh, has told. He was in his office one day, and the secretary was gone, and he actually answered the phone, and it was a Satanist on the phone. And the Satanists started cussing him up one side and down the other, 
And Graham just heard him out. And then he said, oh, thank you for saying that because every single curse you just put on me, God turned into an amazing blessing to me and my family before it hit me. And by the way, I have a message from Jesus for you. The Satan said, what is that? I'm coming to get you. (laughs) I love that story. But you know, Jesus was not just coming to get them, the Satanists, and there's a, the rest of that story is that one of them that were, were in that group that was part of that phone conversation actually came to Christ within a few weeks. Awesome. But Jesus is always coming to get us, constantly moving toward us. One of my most joyful passages of Scripture is in Romans, Romans 8, where the word says, those he foreknew, he predestined. Those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he righteousified. And those he righteousified, he glorified. And do you know that God foreknew you in eternity past, before you were a gleam in your dad's eye? The Father had, in heaven had, a, had you as a gleam in his eye. He was excited about the time, in sequential time, when you would be created. He foreknew you. He was thinking about you. He was delighting in this, cre- this cre- uh, creation, this artistic work he would have, this life that he would create that would know him forever. He, he is so for you. You matter to him all the way from eternity past. And, be- and he predestined you in Jesus Christ. And you know what else? He called you. It wasn't a one-time calling, though it started with that. He called you effectually, and you were born from above. Jesus said to you, to your dead spirit, Lazarus, come forth, and you were born from above. Jesus said to you, to the darkness that you were in, complete, utter darkness and death, let there be light. And there was spiritual light, the light of Jesus, his personality and his resurrection personhood invaded your life. He called you and you became born again, born from him. And my friends, this is something that's ongoing. There's never a moment that Jesus isn't calling us. He's always coming to get us. He's always speaking to us and saying, I am God's decision towards you. I'm the word. I am God. God has a decision towards you, and that decision is me. Jesus is saying it to us, all of us, all the time. And we love him for it, don't we? Behold, look at it. Jesus is coming to get you. He says, he said that to Matthew at the tax collector's booth. Follow me. He said it to Peter, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. (laughs) He said it to Paul on the road to Damascus. What are you doing, man? You having a good day? (laughs) My first talking point today, that was all introduction. Behold, look at it. 
Jesus is coming to get you with a generosity anointing. When Jesus invades our lives by his spirit, he's, his spirit is restless. His spirit stirs, and the same motives that run in his veins start running in ours. And we have this compulsion, this movement in our spirits and our hearts, our emotions to want to be generous like he is. And it's his work in us, even in the midst of a pandemic, and even in the midst of trials and tribulation. I mean, the Apostle John, I mentioned last time we talked from this, was on a four-mile square Um, four square mile windswept island, island of Patmos, and lonely, isolated. Emperor Domitian had sentenced him there. He said, this is where you have to to be for us to be safe from you. (laughs) We don't like your message. We don't like the contagion of what you're spreading around, the gospel and spiritual life that you're doing. We don't like that. You stay here. And it was a difficult time for John. It was a difficult time under Emperor Domitian for the whole church in the Roman Empire. It's about 95 AD. But in that time, four different times in the book of Revelation, the word says John was in the spirit. And I want to remind you that no matter what pressures or stresses or challenges that you're facing, that I'm facing, that we're facing, church is facing, that there is always, we can always default back to being in the spirit. We can always retreat back to being in the spirit. And I assure you, my friends, my brothers, my sisters, my family, my blood-bought cohorts, that as we retreat back to being in the spirit, Not only will we have the sheer delight of the joy of the presence of God in the Spirit, all the fruits and blessings of the Spirit, but there will be a stirring within us, a stirring of creative generosity will will be upon us, and we will be motivated to act in the generosity of Jesus. The church at Philadelphia in Asia Minor had a unique calling, a compulsion, a stirring to minister to a group of people that said they were Jews, but in fact they were Satanists. And God used them to to be stirred to reach out to this group, and there was a prophecy released through the Apostle John that they were actually going to be one to Christ. These people who say they're Jews and they're not, they're, they're really a synagogue of Satan, they are going to fall at your feet. Now, how can they fall at their feet? Yeah, could be in heaven, but if, even if they're in heaven and doing that, they're in heaven. I believe that what this is prophesying about is, is God saying through John, through this prophetic word, that you're going to have impact to this group. They're going to fall down and say, wow, God really loves you, and I know he loves us too. They'll fall down and worship. Come to church with them and be a part of the worship service and actually fall down on their face and say, wow, God really he loves you. I want to be a part of this. Jack Boget released a word just now. Focus on my love and take heed to my counsel. 
Let's focus on the presence of God and take heed to the movement of the stirring, the restless stirring of the Holy Spirit to be generous, open for business, for generosity in the world that we live in. I love this passage about the church at Philadelphia, partly because it's the one church of the seven that doesn't seem to have any criticisms. All blessings. It's called, by introduction, in many of the commentators, the faithful church. And partly because I pastored, Brendan and I pastored for seven years at a church called Philadelphia Church. I want to tell you a little bit about that. It was called Hammond Gospel Mission, storefront church for years, leaky in the reign of of, uh, the Astoria area, buckets everywhere all the time. But they they had a pastor named Louis Andrzejczyk who had a vision to build a church. And he, just, he was a school bus driver for the school district there and just was very faithful. And they built a church, but not without help. There was a congregation in Seattle called Philadelphia Church. And they sent down teams of workers to help Pastor Louis and the Hammond Gospel Mission build a church, a beautiful church. They had a, a wonderful fellowship hall planned But you know what happened as they built it? The wind blew it down. Lots of people say it, and I found out it was true. It rains sideways there most of the time. It blew down. They built the fellowship hall. The the wind came and the storm blew and it went crashing down. And, And some of the people were saying, you know what? Let's build it smaller. We need to build it smaller. It's too big. The wind blows it down. But Pastor Louie and some of the other leaders said, you know what? We're going we're gonna to get tough and make it twice as big as what we'd planned. So they made the fellowship hall even twice as big as what they had planned, just because they were mad at the wind, mad at the enemy, whatever. But you know what? They were so appreciative of the generosity that emerged out of this church in Seattle called Philadelphia Church that they named the new church Philadelphia Church. And it, went, uh, it was named that and was that for about 50 years. And it was recently... The pastor there uh, changed it to Gateway. It's a Gateway Church now, but for years it was Philadelphia Church, and it was that was the name when we were there. I've always loved that name because of the generosity that emerged out of that church. I got to be a part of that. My friends, I want to remind you something I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't get a chance to elaborate on, which I do have the freedom to do that now. Cornell University did a study in 2003 that consisted of testimonies of people in their 70s, 80s, 90s, and over 100 years old, many of them who lived through the Spanish flu pandemic that started in 1918. A pandemic in which about eight times as many people died as have passed away from COVID-19. And I'm not minimizing every, like many people have said, I know from firsthand experience from our own um, daughter Sarah being hit by the suffering related to that, that any talk of it being not as bad as people say it is doesn't speak to me at all because I know, I know the suffering is involved in it. But I'm just putting this in context that 
this book was interviewing, or this study from Cornell University interviewed people that many of them had gone through the Spanish flu pandemic. And the question was asked, how did you get through it? What was helpful to you? And over and over and over again, the response was, we got through the pandemic best by being generous to others. By being generous to others. Here's a quote from the book, the study. um, Generously, generously helping others is the best way to help yourself. Generously helping others is the best way to help yourself. That was the overwhelming response of this study. Something cool that happens when we're generous, scientists, doctors, tell us that being generous to others triggers the feel-good chemical dopamine into our bodies. That must be part of it. What's it get from God? Dopamine. You want a dopamine hit? Be generous. The invitation from the Church of Philadelphia in Asia Minor, book of Revelation, chapter 3, find a way to stay open for business even when you're under pressure, difficulties, stress. Find a way to be open for business. If, you can't, if, if your job can't be open for business, if your small business can't be open for business, retreat, default to being in the spirit and be open for God to give you opportunities to be generous. They'll look, at all, they'll, they'll look, like, they'll look different all kinds of ways. I had a phone conversation with Jean Moss this last week. She was overflowing with joy, making masks for people in need. Stephen Smith, staying at home part of the week from his job with his sons, homeschooling them, has a vision for building memories for their future, being generous to his his dear sons, Andy and Kendra Roden, hiking with their kids up Anderson Butte. David and Melissa Kate ran into them yesterday, Brenda and I, on our, our walk through deserted Old Town Medford. And they were pulled into a parking lot near a bike shop. They were going to try to enhance and strengthen their, their biking capabilities with their children. Love that. My son-in-law, Charity's husband, Tim, working on a PhD program, mind you, stresses related to that, spent the afternoon the other day blowing up balloons with a tire pump. PhD student blowing up balloons with a tire pump until they popped with his two sons. Age six and four. I love that. Generosity of spirit in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Being generous in our prayer. The prophetic word came. You are going to have huge impact on these Satanists, Philadelphia Church. I am going to open a door for you that No man can close. That has all kinds of prophetic possibilities, doesn't it? What do we do with prophetic words like that? We contend for them. We pray for them. I know there are occasions, there are times when we just pray help. The Bible says, 
Anyone in trouble? Let him pray. Let your requests be made known with thanksgiving. My friends, you know there's another way to pray too? There's another way to pray that's also very, very important and very precious to God. And that is praying in agreement with his word, praying in agreement with his prophetic releases, praying in agreement with what what the Spirit is already saying to the churches, praying in agreement with Jesus' high priest intercession ministry toward us. You see, Jesus, when he was on this earth, spent his time with loud cries and tears, the book of Hebrews says. He spent a lot of time in intercession. And the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that he continually makes intercession for us. As our high priest, he is continually offering his own blood before the Father. Now, the Father isn't there reluctantly saying, okay, if I guess I'll go ahead and, and answer Jesus' prayers. He is my son, and he's offering his blood here. That's not how it works. It has to do with the relationship, the, the father-son relationship that Jesus and his dad have had from eternity past. There is something about their intimate friendship as father and son where the son asks for stuff and the father says yes. And Jesus is doing that on your behalf. And when we pray, I, found, I find myself praying for stuff I have concern about. I often move from, oh God, help, 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 to I stand in agreement with Jesus' prayer as a high priest I stand in agreement with the prayer of Jesus in the presence of his Father. Me and Jesus are praying here, Dad. What are you going to do about that? I love praying that way because there's such a joyful guarantee of success. Again, I pray calling on him. But I also pray with that kind of confidence that's related to the prophetic words, the word of God, And with the Spirit, I know the Spirit is saying to the churches, and Jesus' wonderful intercession, this is such a great way to be generous. Can you see, my friends, that Jesus Christ is coming to to get you? I'm coming to get you. And he's coming to get you with a generosity anointing. Open for business? I hope you are because he's sending you business. And it can certainly start with prayer. My second talking point today is, and my last one is, that doesn't mean it's on, I'm in conclusion. This is not an in conclusion moment, by the way. Behold, look at it. Jesus Christ is coming to get you with a surprise blessing. One, Well, one at a time, but a continual sequence of surprise blessings are coming your way. Verse 11 reads, hold fast what you have that no one one may take your crown. Hold fast what you have. That is, hold on to the blessings you have. How do you hold on to them? By praising and thanking God continually for the blessings you have. Listen to me. How do you hold on? to the blessings you have by continually praising and thanking God for the blessings that you have. 
already in your life. Hold fast to what you have that no one may take your crown. What? Would you be surprised if you heard a knock on your door and you went to the door, opened the door, and you saw a FedEx truck pull away on your street and there was a box on your porch that you opened up and there was a gold crown there with jewels of diamonds and emeralds and rubies steady, uh, um, studded into these, this uh, crown. Would it be a surprise? Would be for me. But it would be a pretty cool stimulus experience, wouldn't it? To have a million dollar crown or several million dollar crown show up through Amazon delivery? Would you be surprised? I would be too. But you know, I love what the, the um, German theologian Karl Barth says about the Christian life. It's always, the Christian lifestyle is always a continual experience of being like a child on Christmas Eve or a child playing in the forest. One joyful surprise after another. It's a matter of focus, a matter of beholding, seeing it. Don't lose the crown by not focusing on the crown that is coming your way. In the book of Revelation, crown, like so much else, is a symbol of the blessing of God. Remember in Psalm 103, he'll crown you with love and compassion. A crown is a symbol of the anointed blessings of God on our lives. In that case, love and compassion. And St. Augustine, in the early 5th century, said God crowns his own graces, his own favors. He sees his favors, his graces, his blessings as being as valuable as a gold crown with lots of rubies and diamonds and emeralds and all kinds of other jewels, uh, jewels studded into those, that crown. That's how he sees them. And God invites us to treasure his blessings in the same way. They can be great blessings. I will open a door for you. Nobody can, nobody can close that door. They can be the blessing of Romans 8.28. You know, I looked at my Bible the other day. Romans 8.28, even in the midst of this pandemic, is still in the Bible. Still in my Bible. Is it still in yours? God works all things together for good. All things together for good to those that love him. I would say that was a pretty big blessing, wouldn't you? But also for little blessings. It's worthy of mention to this church at Philadelphia. In the list of blessings, you have a little strength. Remember Jesus said, if you have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, that size, you can move mountains. Let's not ignore the little blessings because they're amazing too. Think of General Robbie Reisner. 
in Vietnam, seven years in captivity, never getting to see the sun, just in a dark hut. But he figured out a way to make a pencil-sized hole in the bottom of one of his walls of the hut he was in. And every morning, he would look out that little hole that he made in his hut, and he would see one blade of green grass. And it gave him hope. It was a symbol of hope, a true crown for him. He referred to it later. Every day, it was an infusion of hope for me for that day, seeing the one blade of green grass. April hasn't been exactly what we thought it would be. But I want to tell you, grass grows green in April. See the one blade of green grass in your life. Praise God for it, because there's more coming. I want to take a moment. One of the things we're doing in this season is doing a fun video project of what families are praising, and rejoicing, and thanking God for. I realize many of you have seen this, but I love it so much. You know, these, these kids in the Hills, Roden families, boys, Jeremiah and Daniel, one of their, the things that they are really good at is basketball. And I think that's a wonderful gift to them. It's a small thing, but it's a great treasure. We enjoy this with me for just a moment, and then we'll have a conclusion to this message, okay? Thank you. Hi. I'm wondering what the Hills Roden family is praising God for in these days. Let's find out. Andrew and Kendra and Daniel and Jeremiah. So glad to see you guys. So excited about what you're going to have to say today. The Hills Roden family is thankful for family, God's unfailing love. Family movie night! I should make that into a paper airplane. A Christ family. Yay! Hang on. No. Okay. <laughs> um. Love. Sounds good. And my my family. Um. Which is. Which is me. Um, nickname Sababa Squirrel Pants number two. <laughs> Jeremiah, nickname Sweet Bear. Is that your brother? Yeah. Okay. Squirrel Pants number one. Dad, Dad, which is Andy. Uh huh. Nickname The Joker. <laughs> the Joker. And mommy. What is mom's nickname? Nickname Sparkly One. All right. Yay. And last. God's constancy, the gift of time, and outdoor adventures. 
Can I show them a backflip real quick? Now for some basketball. Yeah. Behold, behold that Jesus Christ is coming to you with a continual stream of crowns at your door. Surprise blessings, big surprise blessings, small surprise blessings, but they all are infinitely, infinitely precious because they're out of heaven. They're gold from heaven. He crowns you with love and compassion and thousands of other blessings. The next part of this passage, my God is mentioned, that phrase, four times as a blessing. And I'm reminded that John Wesley, the great, the great awakening preacher, his last words, when he passed away, when he went to heaven, his last words, quote, the best of all is that God is with us. That is a crown right there, isn't it? That reality. Revelation 3, verse 12. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. God is making you and he's making me. He's in the process of coming to us and giving us a surprise blessing of his presence. More and more, we are being made. We don't go to a temple. We are his temple. Temple is a place of worship. We are a worshiping center. And he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. And name in the Bible signifies presence. A couple quick illustrations and we're done for today. In the 15th century Europe, mariners who went out on their ships were a bit superstitious. They would make maps when they came back, and on the maps they would include phrases like, here be dragons, here be demons, here be sirens. There was a Holy Spirit anointed Christian mariner named John Franklin in the 15th century they found a map of his in which he had crossed out, here be dragons, here be demons, here be sirens. And, and instead, he wrote, here be God. Here be God. Here be God. Can you do that for the stuff that seems kind of scary in your life? Here be God. 
love this. Many of you have seen it. People ask me, do I need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? Brother, you need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. I posted that on Facebook last night and someone responded, especially Walmart. (laughs) Get a kick out of that. I need the Holy Spirit when I go to Walmart. I trust you do too, and anywhere else. So, in conclusion, behold, we've looked at it today, but the invitation is to continue to look at it. Jesus is coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. And I'm bringing a generosity anointing. Stay open for business. He's The government might close down your work. Some of you have had that happen, but you know what? No one can close down Jesus' business. Stay open for business. In this context, in this your personal Patmos Island, your personal stress situation, be in the Spirit. Be in the Spirit, be in the Spirit, be in the Spirit. And watch out of that generosity opportunities. Behold them. Look for them. Watch for them. See them. And also behold, Jesus is coming to get you with surprise blessings. A surprise crown at your door. Not from Amazon Prime, but from Jesus himself. Crown after crown after crown. Small blessings, great blessings. But always, first and foremost, a daily dose of Acts chapter 2, Holy Spirit outpouring. Thank you, God. Thank you, church. Love you. We are going to have some words of knowledge, gifts of the Spirit right now for healing. Right there in your homes, there is an anointing of the Holy Spirit present for healing. We're going to pray for you for your need right now body, soul, and spirit. These words will activate some opportunities for special focus. So so if you identify with any of them, take a hold of them, own them for yourself. If you have other needs that aren't spoken about, just know God loves you too. He's so so for you and wants to. He's come, always comes down on this. God always comes down on the side of healing and health. Always. It's always his main motivation, and we align ourselves with that. These words of knowledge, then I'll lead us in a prayer. Then we'll have a little bit more worship, another worship song before we go, where we enjoy his presence for just a little bit longer. Okay? Words of knowledge. Here are the words for this Sunday. A person has had sinus headaches with drainage into their throat. Another person has a right knee that's bothering them. Somebody else is just feeling overwhelmed by the lockdown and COVID-19 situation. Another person is just crying out for things to go back to normal. The Lord said that they're going to go back to better than normal. And someone else has um, aching and fatigue in their body. There are children that have, uh, one has a persistent cough and another one has a breathing, has breathing issues. Another child was born with a deformity on their face or head. And another child has um, 
has a problem with their left leg. It might be a bone issue or something that causes them to not be able to walk normally. That's it for today. Receive from the Lord whatever it is you need, whether we have the exact word for you or not. Let's pray together right now. Put your hand on or near the area that you're identifying as a point of faith or touch your computer screen or your phone screen as a point of faith, something tactile. We agree together with your declaration of healing for sinus headaches. Sinus headaches, be healed. We agree together with your declared desire to heal that right knee. That person who's feeling overwhelmed right now. That person crying out for normality. And we say, along with your word, in agreement with your intercession, better than normal is coming soon. We agree for the person who's experiencing aching and fatigue. The child with the cough and those other child concerns that were mentioned. We agree for your healing power to be released. We agree for healing for America and healing for the world. We agree for blessing on our president and help moving forward in our economy and blessing in our economy and in neutralizing this bitter enemy of COVID-19. We break his power. We stand in agreement with millions of Christians globally to break the power and neutralize the power, paralyze the power of COVID-19. We say a vaccine is coming soon. And we say medicines are coming soon and healing and blessing and that this thing gets over in Jesus Christ's name. Anyone experiencing any other trauma, body, soul, or spirit, we...
jumper cables from this place to your home, from your home back to us here. We have experienced the electricity of heaven today in this beautiful worship. Thank you, Tina and team, and uh, our whole support team, sound and video and all the work that got, goes into doing this wineskin. Brenda, we've had a good time today in the presence of God, haven't we? It's been really good. Really Thank good. you, guys. Wonderful. I want to exhort you one more time. Have a good week and set your affections on the things above. Set your affections on Jesus and keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. We want to stay sweet. We don't want to get bitter. We don't want to be full of fear. We want to keep our heart and keep it sweet. So bless you all. Reminder, we do have seven or eight Zoom-based video meetings through the week. And you can look at our new song, Church Medford Facebook page for how to access those. And uh, probably the simplest way would be to call Cheryl Huckel, a pastoral care pastor, and she'll connect you with the one that's most, uh, that you'd be most interested in having uh, a look at. And the next Sunday, Mother's Day, also... 25th anniversary of New Song Church, 25th birthday. So excited. It's going to be a party that's going to be so cool in the Holy Spirit. Looking forward to that. Drive-through 
Starts at 9.30. Each drive-through experience will be about a half hour total, including the time going between the stations. Grace stations, 